You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. <laughs> like Paul Welcome to Anything is Potable. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Network. I am Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, your host, joined as always by the kid, the legend himself, El Nino. Jay King, beat reporter for The Athletic, covering the Boston Celtics. Jay just got home from a long Western Conference road trip where the Celtics went 3-1 and one and finished out with back-to-back wins against the Portland Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz. And we're going to be talking about what the takeaways are from the road trip, uh, what the Celtics need to do moving forward to secure their second seed, uh, and kind of where they match up against the Raptors. And then... I, I got First, I got beef with you, man. Okay, go on. I got beef with you. I... I I didn't really sleep last night. I had a 6.30 a.m. flight. I had to take the airport shuttle at 5 a.m. Yes. And you screaming anything is potable. I, so I, I, I re- record this podcast with AirPods in. You screaming anything is potable directly into my ears is just too much for it me It gets right you ready now. for the takes, baby. I, I I don't know where you're recording this podcast, but I, I may... I may march to you and slap the taste out of your mouth. I'm actually recording this in my office, uh, and my office mate Christian is sitting directly behind me, and he didn't seem bothered by my yelling. Tell Christian I say hello. Jay says hello, Christian. All right, we're here to talk about the Celtics, though, Jay. That is your job. You should not be complaining about travel because you were I'm in I'm sorry for threatening physical violence on you. <laughs> it's it's all right. What? Uh, how did you open I'm up sorry, this? I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Jason Tatum. But yes, he's been fantastic. Averaging more than 30 points per game over 11 games in February. Every time you think he's reached a level where he just can't rise anymore, he just continues to rise. I thought the Celtics' performance in Utah, including his, with 33 points, was just really, really impressive. Because it was a third game in four nights, end of a four-game road trip, playing in altitude, in Utah, tough place to play. To beat that team, I know the Jazz have been struggling lately, but give like that was almost a schedule loss. Like that was I was sitting there, I had nothing. I was gassed. I had no energy and I don't even freaking play the game. And the Celtics just took care of business and they did it without Kemba Walker. Three and one road trip. Really, really impressive road trip, I thought, given the circumstances. No Kemba. The competition was was good. And and they just they just played really well. Well, talk about the Jazz game to start. I mean, they one the Jazz looked broken. They lost. You said four straight, but the Celtics. What was up with Gobert? I've seen some uh, some YouTube clips going around or, uh, of Gobert's defense over the last five games. He just doesn't jump or move. He just doesn't have the same pop that he did that earned him an All Star. And so they just looked. Donovan Mitchell was fantastic, but no one else really did anything that great. And it's, the Celtics were just able to dominate, uh, not dominate, but they seemed to have control of the entire game um, pretty much start to finish, uh, except for one run Donovan Mitchell went on. Uh, but multiple guys... Donovan Mitchell versus Cantor did not go well for the well, Celtics. Cantor did not go well early on uh, when he played defense. He made some nice plays in the second half, but the, the yeah, early Cantor moments one. were uh, not great. But the cool thing about this game, it was like early Jason Tatum run, then Jalen Brown went on a run, then Marcus Smart hit those three threes in a row and then followed it up by not taking a heat check and going with a dope-ass pass. Uh, it was just a cool... Um, game from the Celtics just because it's been the Jason Tatum show, but it, like these other guys stepping up is what allowed them to kind of just control the game. Basically, ever since that Donovan Mitchell run, they controlled it the entire second half. 
And that was basically Jalen and Marcus Smart taking over and kind of extending those leads. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really mature win. I mean, it, it's not surprising at this point. The Celtics have won 14 out of 17 games. They've been great against the best competition. I mean, you look at their numbers against the top teams around the league, and they've been fantastic both offensively and defensively. Tatum recently, like he's really, the last month or so, he's played at a level that he'd be in the MVP talks if he'd played at this level the whole season. And it's just kind of been ridiculous the amount that he's improved during the regular season. Like he couldn't he couldn't really make layups at the beginning of the year. He he was he was smoking bunnies left and right. <laughs> he was king of the bunny smokers. Yeah, he really was king <laughs> of the bunny smokers. And and now he's like finishing extendo layups over Rudy Gobert and He's knocking down eight hitting, threes in the game. Yeah, he's hitting a ridiculous amount of three-pointers lately and taking huge volume. With the with the amount of volume he's taking at 21, like the last 20 games or so, he's taking eight threes per game, maybe maybe nine per game. Like it's it's way up there. I would and even say he's taking ill-advised threes. Like some of them are just reckless, but he happens to be in a zone right now where those are falling. So it's like yeah, I can't really. Which fault ones you. are reckless? The one he stepped into in Portland that was basically with the guys, like the ones that were there's guys directly in his face. He had a couple against the Jazz where he's like fading in the corner. Like at this point, if he's making him 50% of them, none of them are reckless because he's in a zone, but there's they're not like amazing shots. His sidestep has proven to be like pretty lethal, but I guess he's just that good at it. If, if There's a lot of possessions where it's just like, all right, Tatum's going one-on-one now and it's working, so I can't really criticize it. But I am because, you know, this is a basketball podcast. I think the I think it's it's really important that he's taking as many threes as he has. And obviously he's weaponized the sidestep. Obviously he's he's made off the dribble threes a much, much bigger part of his game than they ever were in the past. And I think given how high his release is, given that he's a legitimate six eight, he has a chance to take I don't know how many threes per game one day. Like I don't think this is as as great as he can be as a three-point shooter. I think there is more to collect there. That's why I don't I still I guess don't the, know. those shots are not reckless at all if he's just going to be like that good of a shooter. If well, he can knock them down then they're not bad shots. Yeah, and I mean you look at a lot of the guys who have set the kind of the pace for three-point shooting. It's it's Steph Curry, it's Damian Lillard, and lately it's been James Harden who just takes, you know, a million threes a game and does it with all step backs. And you see how tough it is for teams to guard Harden because of his size, because, you know, he can beat you off the dribble. And I'm not saying Tatum's Harden, but because of his size and because of his release, like it, it really puts teams in a bad spot that he can shoot in all the ways he can off the dribble. And you see it with like when Hassan Whiteside switched out onto him in the Portland game. Whiteside didn't have a chance, and well, that's Whiteside, not surprising. Whiteside, when Whiteside, Whiteside had steps to give, out against anybody, he doesn't have a chance. But you have to give space against him because he can go by a bigger guy, and he, if you give him space, he can he can pull up now, and he's hitting off the dribble three pointers at a at an awesome rate, that like almost unrivaled rate in the league this year, accuracy wise. So. I wonder what he'll end up looking like, like five, six years down the road. 
how many threes should Jason Tatum be taking per game? Like 13, 14? <laughs> Why not? Where is the number? But where is the number? Like, seriously, it is going to be very Until high. he stops hitting them at the efficiency he's currently hitting them. That Like, the thing that's wild about him is just his confidence is uh, you're just noticeably better. It was like uh, in the Clippers game before the All-Star break, like, you could tell he was, like, puffing his chest out more and was clearly, like, had more uh, bravado to his game, dare I say. Uh, but... That's just like with the shots he's taking and making, you can sense his confidence is there and just like watching him play uh, on the court with his attitude. It's just kind of wild that he's just been able to make this step. And it really feels like it was connected to him being in the all-star game, but um, just his willingness and his like him just like coming to the ball more. And a lot of that probably has to do with Kemba being out, but it just seems like he's so much more ready and prepared to take over, uh, which has been impressive because the the whole like first half of the season was just like, he was doing well, but he was struggling. But it's also like the team sharing the basketball and like Kemba would sometimes get 30 points. Jalen would sometimes get it. Now it's like the clear hierarchy. Oh, this is we got to get the ball to Tatum at all times. And his confidence is just matched to that as well. Yeah, that, it was funny because after the Portland game, I went to talk to Brad Wanamaker about Tatum because on the white side three, we talked about. He was just waving dudes out of the way. Like, Wanamaker was just sprinting out of the way. He just knew Tatum had the matchup he needed, and he knew he was just going to let Tatum cook. And so I saw how how vigorous he was <laughs> in, in, in getting out of the way and getting other guys That's out the, of the kind way. of reporting you get from Jay King of The Athletic. And, and so I, I went to talk to Wanamaker. And I've, I've kind of thought that Tatum has looked different since he made the All-Star game. And obviously, like... It's the noticeable. Numbers, like, it was just noticeable in the Clippers game. Yeah, the, the, the kind of swagger he's carrying himself with is is definitely different. And, but I, I didn't ask Brad about that, and he just kind of started saying, like, yeah, ever since he became an all-star, <laughs> like, that dude has just been different. And so so players on the team, they feel that too. And, and I think you've seen lately, like, Tatum, like, they'll just find Tatum. And they'll let him ISO and they'll let him do his thing. And it felt like earlier this season, like Hayward, Brown, those guys, not that they're not involved anymore. They're still playing really well and they, they've they still had their spurts. But now it seems like, whereas before those guys were like on Tatum's level in the pecking order or close to it, now it's like Tatum is the guy he's just the first option when he's in the game like there's considerably just more plays that start with Tatum making a decision I don't know what the play call is but there's like the where he comes up and there's a pick right basically at like the free throw line and gets the ball kind of moving to the side they run that play all the time and it feels like there's just a much more concerted effort like okay when Tatum's on the court and when he's has this much confidence and is shooting this well from three and can do all the things he's doing it makes the most sense to uh, get him the basketball. Sometimes coaching isn't that hard. Get the guy well, who's performing his ass off the basketball. Are you concerned that will change when Kemba comes back? No, because I think Kemba's been pretty damn good uh, all year of sharing the basketball and uh, kind of being buying into the team and encouraging Tatum when he's going off. I think the the only concern – like Tatum's done a pretty good job um, – and Jared actually wrote uh, about this today about like handling double teams. And so if people are double teaming uh, Tatum. I feel like he's going to share the ball and get it to Kemba and things are just going to keep going. The only thing that'd be like problematic if Tatum got too focused and didn't like make the right basketball play. But again, I don't really see that happening. I feel like Kemba's personality is just like 
going to be encouraging to cook because Kemba just wants to win. Yeah, and but I, I do think like that is sort of a dynamic to watch over the rest of the season. Like obviously, this road trip with no Kemba, this has been probably the best Tatum has played over a four game stretch. Definitely the best Tatum has played over a four game stretch, and it dates back obviously to the Clippers game before the All Star break when Tatum was fantastic and Kemba was on the court and Kemba was feeding him. But I, I do think there's like a, a baton switch taking place right now. I feel like where... Kemba's leading the parade though. Like he's yeah, fine because he wants but, to win. But agreed. But it's one thing to do it when you're still the number one option and to, and to say like, Oh yeah, I want all these guys to be superstars. And then it's another when it's late in the fourth quarter and your team might be better off running offense through Jason Tatum. Yeah, but you're just like so, creating a doomsday scenario. Who knows? Like, I'm not. They, I'm not they've creating been perfectly a, symbiotic for like the entire season. I don't see why like more success would hurt their relationship. I'm not creating a doomsday scenario. You are. At you're all. being an alarmist I'm, member of the uh, the media. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just wondering how the dynamic will evolve now that Tatum has clearly reached another level. One thing that uh, I was on Tom Westerholm's flight today, shout out to Tom Westerholm of my former employer, MassLive.com, great place. Westerholm was saying, and this is fair point, like what will Tatum look like when he levels off? Like right now he's shooting 50% from three over his last 10 plus games. He's not going to shoot 50% from three on the diet of threes that he's taking forever. So like, what if he what will does? He, then, then the world is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the, the world is in a lot of trouble, but like, what, what does he look like when he levels off? And, and I think, I think that's a fair question. Obviously I don't know, he's not going to get worse than he was when Kemba was well, healthy before the all-star break. Of and course, they won of course. 12 of 10. Like, I, I'm operating under the assumption that Jason Tatum is much better at basketball now than he was at the beginning of the season. <laughs> That's and why like, they pay you the big I, bucks. <laughs> I am not questioning that he has made valid improvements and that he is a swaggerific young man at this stage. But I, I'm I'm just wondering what what will happen when he falls down to earth. It almost feels like like the year when Isaiah like just caught fire. And because that was, it wasn't totally unexpected because Isaiah had been an all-star the year before and Tatum sort of similarities with how, you know, he was great as a rookie, even though there were some valid criticisms during his second year, he was still really good at 20 years old, but nobody expected Isaiah to suddenly average 30 points a game in a season. And I think he averaged like 33 or 34 points in February that year. And it was yeah. just ridiculous. And missed a fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And and this Tatum thing kind of feels like, like it has some similarities to that. Obviously, they're totally different players. Obviously, the team is totally different than it was back then. But just the the notion that a guy can just like catch a rhythm or get more confident or learn something about basketball during the middle of a season and just, just kind of ride click. that wave for, for a while. Like, we've seen it before, and we saw it with Isaiah Thomas, and now it feels like with Tatum, 
he's just kind of realizing things that he didn't before. And it's it's been it's like almost every game Celtics players are just like, yeah, that was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah was that cool. was fun to watch. Yeah, that was fun to watch. It's like, yeah, it's been fun to watch. The thing that makes uh, this Celtics feel, team feel different than the one with Isaiah is that Isaiah was doing it while winning a bunch of very close fourth quarter games. And that team wasn't good at defense. That team wasn't like the team the Celtics have now is so much better than uh, what they had around uh, Isaiah Thomas. And so Tatum is doing all this, but it's not like the other guys are really slacking and the defense has really been strong. Uh, But before we talk about the rest of the Celtics and how they did uh, on that West Coast road trip, we got to talk more about The Athletic. The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers like Jay El Nino King himself. But there's 399 other really good sports writers out there covering every team in the in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Uh, so if you want great stories like uh, the one from Jay King, which is presumably dropping tomorrow, or uh, Jared talking about uh, Jason Tatum handling double teams, go over the athletic. It's the place where they pretty much got uh, every best sports writer uh, from every market for every team. Um, I joined the athletic because of the clout and because of the uh, free subscription because it's uh, just simply the best sports content there is. Uh, thoughts, Jay, on the issue. A fan of the athletic. Honestly, the people tweet me all the time, like, ah, oh, you gotta subscribe to read that. <laughs> like, I, I won't do it. And I always respond like, the athletic is awesome. I was a, <laughs> I was a, I was a huge fan before, long before they hired me. I, I just think honestly, the athletic is unparalleled for sports writing. I think it is the best place to go to read about sports. We have writers for every team, and so many of them are so, so very good. And it's that good has app nothing to do too. with me. A lot of good apps. Great app. Clean, clean, clean way to read about sports. But anyway, I, I, before we continue about the Celtics, I just want to bash the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they just got it. fined. They just got fined $25,000 because they sat D'Angelo Russell when he was healthy. What? And I just want to point out how dumb you have to be <laughs> to get fined for sitting a player in this day and age. Just make up a bullshit injury. Say that he sprained his thumb or twisted his earlobe. Sore knee. Or has a sore <laughs> knee. Or Like, there are so many ways you can pretend that he is damaged Kemba Walker easily could have played in any of these games uh, based on his impression, but they're just like, they're definitely resting. And that's like, how do they get caught? That's insane. It is pretty special, the level of stupidity you need (laughs) to show to be fined for sitting a healthy player in today's day of load management. Like, just... Be smart for me one time and just fake an injury. <laughs> just fake an injury one freaking time. So that was that was my mini Timberwolves rant. All right. Uh, I thought it was great. And uh, it's the type of reporting you can get from The Athletic. Uh, don't take my word for it. You can see. For John, John Krasinski, our Timberwolves reporter, is fantastic. Did he? Bre- I bet he broke that story because he's got all the scoops. I think the NBA broke that story. But touche. He does have all the scoops. <laughs> If you guys want a free trial on The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. 
Uh, that will also save you 40% on annual subscription. That's basically $3 a month for best sports coverage in the world. So you, if you want that, go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable with two D's because we give you that extra D. Jay King, talk about the other Boston Celtics, Mr. Danny B plus Tice himself. Wow, I really butchered that one. Uh, Tice is more <laughs> deserving, but he played fantastic on this road trip. Uh Getting a lot of credit on the broadcast for his uh, ceiling ability, which is fantastic. And he's also just still getting the worst whistle in the league. The war on Tice has continued uh, throughout the entire uh, West Coast swing. I mean, he badly outplayed Rudy Gobert. He did. That's that's all that has to be said. He went on a road trip where they played Anthony Davis, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, and whoever the Timberwolves center was, Nas Reed. We, we won't put Nas Reed in that company. But... Tice, Tice is killing, and it's funny because he's doing the same stuff he did all season. He's he's just having better stat lines now. Like he's he's been making the same impact or a similar impact the entire season. Well, he's, he's been playing really the same defense, season. definitely. He's just getting a little more counting stats or scoring more points, but his defense has been phenomenal and just continues to be. Yeah, and Tice, I mean, he's been super valuable. I, I think my guy Tim Bontemps went on Twitter and s- said he could be the MVP of the Celtics this season. Wow. That is a Bontemps and then, and, take. Just and then something my guy, no fun. My guy Gary Washburn said that uh, he deserves most improved player love. So Tice, Tice is becoming sung. He used to be un- unsung. Now, now, he's, he, now he's, he's sung. He's becoming sung. And he can, I mean, he's the best sealer in the game. Um but he's been playing. It really is impressive how he does that without fouling ever. Like, how many times have we been called on a foul for that? Twice all season. Baines used to get called for fouls on that regularly. They just got. Uh, was it Tice that got called for a foul, or, or I think it was maybe Grant got called for a foul on a seal. No, Tice did, and and Stevens was Stevens was heated. Yeah, what's up with Mad Brad? Why is he so mad all the time? Two texts. He's just getting texts left and right. That's the bad like boy. My man, two texts. He totes two texts. The bad boy of coaching, Brad Stevens. Just the bad boy of coaching. He, uh, <laughs> it was funny because Brad in the press is just like, as you know, Sam, he's, he's kind of Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. Like, super predictable. And with certain topics, he's never going to have any fun. And technical fouls are one of those topics. And so... I was saying to one of the reporters after his second technical, I was like, it's too bad Brad's a robot about techs because it it would probably be pretty funny like to just laugh with him about how he's now getting techs left and right. <laughs> and sure enough, Abby Chin asked the first question of the press conference and she's like, what's going on now, Brad? Like two techs in a row. He's like, I'm sorry, you know I can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was like a perfect opportunity for him to just laugh at the technical fouls that he's been piling up lately. Nope. Stone Cold, no. There are certain topics that he just will not consider humor, and and technical fouls are definitely in that 
in that topic. Before the broadcast on the against the Jazz, Scal was interviewing him, and clearly Scal was like, I need to be at the end of this road trip. Like, I'm running on my last legs. Started asking him about how much coffee he drinks. It was just like kind of an off-the-rails interview. And Scal <laughs> was just talking about how the coffee gets him pumped and jacked. And, oh, he's t- no, Scal was saying how pumped and jacked he was for the end of the road trip. And then he asked Brad, like, what gets you pumped and jacked? And Brad was just, like, very uncomfortable with the question. It was like, for coaching-wise in basketball? You know, just move, <laughs> moving the ball. I mean, it's just like I love when they share the basketball. That gets really pumped. And it was just like, oh, that's fantastic. Because that's exactly that, like that's got to be true. It's like great ball movement and decision making, and what gets Brad out of bed in the morning. Yeah, two Brad Techs and a Tice Tech on this trip. What a trip! I mean, what are your other takeaways of term, terms of uh, any other players? I mean, the bench still didn't score because that's what the bench does, but. Is there anything you noted uh, from, I guess, Jalen's performance? I thought he played great defense, uh, especially in the Lakers game. And then it was a nice little run he had um, against the Jazz. I mean, and then Marcus Smart had his run too, and Marcus Smart was Marcus Smart the entire time. But is there any like, takeaways from the other players that you saw uh, over these last four games? I thought I, uh, the the Blazers game especially – I thought the Celtics really tried to pick on the Jalen Carmelo matchup early. And, you know, a lot of shine has gone to Tatum and deservedly so. He's been one of the stories of the NBA, the way he's emerged over the last month. But Jalen's ability to serve as the focal point of an offense when he has the right matchup and to make better decisions and to get efficient looks for himself has just been different this year. And they kind of picked on Carmelo early. Jalen had a great start. Tatum got going later. I, I thought that was important. I thought, like like Jared noted in his in his piece, the way Tatum handled double teams against Utah was was promising because especially when he's booing bench lineups, that's that's gonna be how they play. And you know, they they got Brad Wanamaker a couple looks in those and Brad Wanamaker. When, Ooh, I got I. There's a great Brad Wanamaker stat I saw today um, by Mark D'Amico. Did you know that Brad Wanamaker leads the NBA in both catch and shoot three point percentage at fifty one percent and free throw percentage? I had no idea about the threes. I knew he was good at free throws, but he's the best catch and shoot three point shooter in the league. He should probably take more of them, but he's not a big high volume guy. No, he just like. It's, Unless he's going to the rim, like unless he's already put his head down, because then you know he's shooting. Not a big fan of passing the situations, but he had a pretty solid uh, game against Portland and then uh, also against Utah. He's just been pretty sturdy. It feels like the bench, we know exactly what it is, and it's like Brad Wanamaker is going to be solid, but he's not going to be high volume. Grant's going to give you high energy, and sometimes it'll work and sometimes he'll foul a bunch. Cantor is going to be awful on defense occasionally. He can be very much picked on. Um, but he's going to offensive rebound and get you some buckets. And then it's like, there's like the rest of the focus is on the starters. Like they're none of the bench guys are going to change. It, it's funny because this has been a weird year to podcast because really not much has changed all season. <laughs> no, there's been, it's been very consistently just like pretty good, uh, except for Tatum becoming a star. It's yeah. just been like, yeah, this team has been good. T- Tatum's emergence has been like the one changing factor otherwise it's like oh yeah Tatum's really good Jalen's much better than he used to be too Gordon he, he's back to being really effective and Kemba he fits in really well smart just does all the things smart does and the bench doesn't score much but like you can depend on him to defend and Cantor well 
He does his thing, offensive rebounding, can sometimes get targeted. Like, nothing has changed. Nobody has emerged off the bench. Like, it's just been the same since day one. It's been just a consistent team in ways that that the Celtics needed to be consistent. And so they're, they've become very dependable in, in what they do. And it, it's made it tough to podcast. I'm not going to lie. There are, there are days when it's just like, we got to talk about this shit. It's like, what? It's just like, bring on the playoffs. Like we, what is there more to learn? Uh, Cause like, what? can you see a player getting like better or like changing what they can do or like taking a small leap? I mean, I'm pretty shocked by Tatum, but I can't see like they are who we think they are. They are who we think they are. They will go as far as their top six. I'm I'm throwing Tice in there. I'm throwing Tice in there. Yeah, buddy. A plus. And we'll, let's let's tone that down a little bit. But I'm a throwing minus them in maybe. There. They'll go as far <laughs> as their top six players take them. Uh, let's get to some questions from the fans. Uh, this is from at Malizi with multiple E's. MB. So Nick Wright came out and tweeted today. Nick Wright uh, is not a fan of Jason Tatum currently, or he's just not buying into the hype. I, no, Did you see the I, tears? I think, I'm I'm gonna go the other way. And Nick Wright has been pretty fair about Jason Tatum. Now, obviously, he's using buzzwords that people are getting pissed off about, and saying he's just a really really good player and not a star. Put put that aside because he's just using terms and making. Yeah, but he's deliberately doing so to be an asshole. That's like his whole business. But then his whole point was like, Jason Tatum is not at this point a top 12 player or whatever he is, however many the tiers were. But he put, totally fair. He put that's Zion totally Williamson fair. ahead of him in the, his tier system. Is Zion? Do you think Zion Williamson right now is a better player than Jason Tatum? Zion's pretty damn good. He's not, not a, a tier if we're talking about where the player is right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. But that, that's, that's a little, little qualm. The small qualm. That's that's a, it's I, a ranking I, system. I'm gonna have a qualm with where the what the rankings are. I actually think Nick Wright has put on a master master clinic in how to get a fan base riled up. Oh yeah, he's very wow. good at his job. He's doing just, it just very the, well. Just just in the way he's packaging a take that a lot of the Celtics fans probably agree with. That Jason Tatum is like, very good, or he's like that's. Not a, that's the magic of it. Like, this guy is saying that Tatum is very, very good and putting him in a tier with a lot of really, really he's, good he's players. He's not top 10 yet. And it's just like people yeah. are pissed off. It's like, well, there are 10 other very good basketball players. who. And, and then he uses the buzzwords and he's like, yeah, he's like a leap from star or like whatever he said. It, he's putting on a master show. He is spinning Celtics Nation around his finger salute to Nick Wright, honestly, because he, and he is hammering the Tatum. <laughs> this thing. is not the corner where I thought it was, but you've, you've convinced me that he's like very good at his job uh, of basically trolling fans. And uh, you know, you're right. <laughs> he like, that's why he he's, gets he's not even trolling because nobody he's make- actually, it's just, he's using the buzzwords. The that's buzzwords what, are what it's trolling. all about. Trolling Int- intentional use of language that, you know, will upset people is trolling. <laughs> He is, and he's hammering the Tatum thing because he knows right now. Because he's getting Tatum a reaction. Is, Tatum is a big deal. And and because Celtics Nation is just just feeding into it. Nick Wright, honestly, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes on I Nick Wright. You're, One, you're an oppositional dude. You just enjoy the fight. No, because he's actually <laughs> like, like, Celtics fans, if they actually took the time 
to realize that he's saying like Jason Tatum's really good. Like I don't think he's at like superstar level or with like Nikola Jokic yet, but like he's right behind him. Like that's that's really good. <laughs> Celtics fans would probably agree with it if they actually didn't hear like the buzzwords he's using. So I'm a big Nick Wright guy. The last week or so, Nick Wright has just been putting on a show. Jay King officially is just a fan of trolls and a fan of guy uh, guys who piss off Celtics fans. That's a it's an important side to be on, Jay. I I think Nick <laughs> Wright. I mean, the guy deserves some praise. The guy he really does. He's done a fantastic job of doing what he, what he's doing, and and he had like he's a smart guy. If you watch him, he's a smart guy. Terrible knows- haircut though. Oh my god, bad haircut. I uh, cannot confirm or deny. I'm not going to attack a man's hair. Oh, his hair I'll looks attack bad. A, it's objectively I'll attack bad. A, I'll attack a bald man. <laughs> you'll, I'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll attack a man. You, yeah, you were taking shots of Corrales on the plane, just taking shots of his bald head. Yeah, I had to take a photo of his bald <laughs> head on the plane. <laughs> that was kind of messed up. All right, this is from prof, at Professor Chop or Prof Chop. Uh, he wants to know about uh, duos in the league and is there a better one-two punch uh, than Tatum and Jason or Jalen Brown, uh, would you take, um, I guess, Luca and KP, John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson? Is there like a better one two of like, young guys in the league than these two guys on the Celtics? Uh, I think Luca might be so good that you just take him and whoever. And Chris Apps is obviously really good too. So, but I mean, Tatum and Brown are in any conversation and what separated them too is they've won and they've done, they've done it on a winner from, from literally day one for Jason Tatum and for Jalen Brown, he emerged in his second year, but ever since then, he's been contributing a lot to really good teams. So they've separated themselves in that way. And I think... They both they both play both ways. They're both big. They're both long. They're both everything the NBA wants to be these days. And so Luca, Luca's special. John Morant's special. There are some other young guys that are special. But but to have Brown and Tatum together at their age under team control for a long time, that's a huge huge deal for the Celtics. And they they're playing winning basketball right now. They're guiding the way in a lot of ways for the Celtics right now. And they both might be five years from reaching their peak. So they're definitely respect. going in one direction and another duo. Where, where, where would you rank them? Um, I think they're up there. Uh, I don't know if I give Luca just Luca and anyone else. Um, but if we're just talking about like young pairings in the league, but Chris Stapps isn't just anyone else. I know he's quite good, but like, you don't, He's clearly would be the fourth best player, I think. I don't know. Who do you think is better, Jalen Brown or Chris Tapps Porzingis? It feels impossible to compare those two. Yeah, those are like as diametrically opposed players as you could get. I'll take Jalen because he plays for my team, and thus I like him more. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a valid point. All right. The other the, the duo I wanted to talk about just uh, as we wrap up here, talking about the Celtics and where they fare in the East – uh, there's just horrible things going on in uh, Philadelphia where Ben Simmons is hurt. Now Joel Embiid is probably hurt. Uh, the Sixers had a bad loss. Uh, Sixers Twitter is just like melting. The right Ricky Sanchez guys are like threatening to quit their podcast. Um, Sixers are having a real bad. Indiana's not really playing well. Uh, it really seems like the 
uh, and the Heat have lost a couple of games too. The Celtics have basically put themselves in a tier with the Raptors competing for that second seed. So, uh, Jay, how how do you think the Celtics fare, I guess, going against the Raptors and any reactions to teams four through six kind of faltering right here in the, uh, this part of the season? I think the Celtics should fear two teams, Milwaukee and Toronto. I think everyone else at this point is a step below those three. I think Miami, I think Indiana, I think Philadelphia, which now has injury issues to go along with all the fit issues they've had this year. They're just not as good as the top three teams. And I know Joel Embiid is a matchup problem. I know that the Sixers have a lot of talent. But to me, it's it's Milwaukee 1, it's Toronto 2, and then I think the Celtics should be very confident against everybody else. So the Celtics have one more game against um, the Toronto Raptors. Currently, they're leading the season series 2-1. to one. That game's going to be pretty big just because they're only one game back right now. And that two seed is important for... As mentioned, like second round uh, home court advantage. It's also because of the the lower tier. Those teams are still good basketball teams, and you prefer not to pl- uh, play them in round one. If you get the second seed, you're probably playing the Magic or the Nets, which is just that much easier. Uh, but that second seed is going to be very important. And the thing is, the the Raptors just keep winning basketball games. They don't play against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks. Uh, really took it to them in the second half of that game this week. Uh, but the Raptors are playing damn well. And so that game, uh, I think it's March 20th in Toronto, could end up being very important just because if it comes down to a tiebreaker, if they win that game, then it comes down to, I think, the division record. Um, and so they're matching up with Toronto, especially the head-to-head performance is going to be uh, important down the stretch. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to end. I have no more observations about basketball unless you want to regale us with fun tales from the West Coast trip. Do I have any tales from the West Coast? I don't think I really do. How was Portland? Anything happened there? There was a weird dog uh, performance at halftime that I didn't care for. I didn't watch the dog performance. I was working, bro. I was working, bro. Just working a lead, just uh, running down some sources. I think you were I, probably I think eating I was... a halftime snack. Nah, 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 nah. The kid doesn't do halftime snacks. Yeah, New I just, I me. just said that, and I remember you're not a guy who uh, hangs out at halftime, eats snacks. New year, new me. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> Be like Jay King. He's he's adopted the kaizen mindset. He's improving himself. He's taking snacking out of his uh, diet, and he's uh, hopefully feeling better for it. Although I had hella skittles today, <laughs> and. In the, in the airport lounge with, with Tom Westerholm, hella Skittles. Like how, how many Skittles are we talking? Like one standard bag, a bigger bag than that, one of the airport travel bags? No, this big old bowl of Skittles. It was, <laughs> it was, I hadn't had Skittles probably in like a decade, man. And what lounge offers have, a big bowl of Skittles? Them joints had me feeling sick. American Airlines lounge, baby. Uh, no, I'm a Delta man through and through. I, I'm not here for that nonsense, but. As soon as I start bragging about my Delta Platinum medallion status, you know we've been podcasting too much. <laughs> so uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoy uh, Jay talking about Skittles, if you enjoy uh, all of our musings about the Boston Celtics, please subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell your friend's friend. Tell an enemy about our podcast because that really helps us out. Uh, and also, again, subscribe to The Athletic. Anything is uh, – theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Uh 
you'll get a 40% off your a year subscription and it just helps us out because uh they give it give us that link for a reason they can track uh things like that you know that's how the internet works they can track things like that indeed <laughs> all right so thank you for listening uh to this episode of anything is potable oh no doubt how was that for your ear holes <laughs> still problematic for you you're still whining i'll be all right <laughs> all right